is the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anson, yes! Touchdown, they did it! Welcome back to the Full Court Press, already in progress. Jason Walker, Eric Franson. All this talk about names has got me confused every time I say one now. <laughs> but, reminder, uh, winter is pretty much just about on us. We talked about it early in the show where it feels like winter. Oh, my gosh. All of a sudden. But, We've had uh, a couple of snow squalls today. Yeah, basically. So, uh, before it's too late, get yourself prepared uh, with help from your locally owned Napa Auto Parts. Antifreeze, fuel stabilizer, ice melt, Rain-X and Trico silicone wiper blades, Napa Legend and Legend Premium batteries. Don't want the one of the worst things is being stuck in the cold and having a dead battery. And a dead battery. Because you have to stand in the cold with your dead battery. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, all right. So, already talked about Utah State women's basketball. We've been doing some would you rather scenarios. So, if you have any would you rather's uh, to text in, you can text in at four three five. Three three nine zero three two one. Um, <laughs> just had one texted in, and I think Eric just read it. Yeah, like what? Four four seven four. Uh, would you rather pin a tail on an actual donkey, or attend a donkey show in Tijuana? <laughs> Probably just pin the tail on the actual donkey, because then I can just run away really quick and go home <laughs> without getting donkey kicked in the face. I don't know. Those uh, those are some powerful hind legs. Uh, That's it. you got to do it from the side. What, and then what is a donkey show I in Tijuana? <laughs> I'm scared as to if that's code for something else that I don't quite understand. There's a joke I could make about the quality of that show, but it would involve me using a certain three-letter word that I don't think I can say <laughs> on live radio. Uh, would you rather Wednesday here on the Full Court Press... Um, before we go much further, um, earlier today, the UHSAA released, Utah High School Activities Association, released the final RPI rankings for 4A girls volleyball and in the process set the playoff pairings for the upcoming tournament, which will take place at Utah Valley University on Friday and Saturday there in Orem. Skyview, not surprising, is the number one overall seed, so they get a first-round buy. And a couple of other Region 11 schools get first-round buys. Green Canyon is number two, and Ridgeline finishes as number three in all of 4A. A couple other schools and where they're at, Mountain Crest is at uh, number nine, so they will square off against Snow Canyon uh, Friday morning at 9 a.m., uh, Logan is at number 13, and they'll face Cedar also at 9 a.m. Uh, that'll be on court number two. Mountain Crest will be on court number one. And uh, and then Bear River finishes as the number 11 team, and they will face number six, Crimson Cliffs, on court number three, and that'll be at 1030. So if Bear River wins, if they pull off the upset, they will face Ridgeline at 130 Friday afternoon. 
If uh, well, Green Canyon will face the winner of number seven Hurricane versus number ten Dixie. That'll be at court number two at one thirty. Um, the Ridgeline game will be on court number three. And uh, Logan, if they advance, they'll face the winner of Desert Hills and Pineview uh, at noon on court number three. And then Skyview, they're waiting for their opponent on court number two at twelve on Friday afternoon. And if Mountain Crest wins, then they will. It'll be a rematch of Region 11 opponents, Skyview versus Mountain Crest at noon on court number two down at Utah Valley. They get the championships done like the whole playoffs in like two days, don't they? Yeah. They get yeah. these done over quick. We're still, we're like two weeks into to Region 11 foot, or not Region 11, 4A football playoffs, and like not even halfway done. <laughs> and they're going to just bam, bam, Friday, Saturday. All right, we know who the champion is. But that's the, you know, advantage of a sport like volleyball where it's a little more, it's kind of like baseball. It's more conducive to playing multiple games in a single day. Yeah, so there'll be two games on Friday and then two games on Saturday. Um, and the uh, the semifinals are at 9.30 and 11. That's court three. And, um, same. Well, both games will be on court three, 9.30 and then at 11. And then the uh, 4A championship game will be at 4.30 Saturday afternoon. And very, very strong possibility here, like we said, with the top three teams in all of 4A coming from Region 11, it, it could be an all-Region 11 championship because they're on different sides of the bracket. So um, semifinal could be really interesting because high likelihood it'll be Green Canyon versus Ridgeline and then uh, Skyview waiting on the other side. So uh, wishing the best of luck. Now, there are opportunities for other teams to still play because there's, uh, you know, the, if you lose in the quarterfinals, you still get to play and a chance to play for the fifth and seventh place. Uh, there's a third and fourth place match. So teams are guaranteed to play quite a few games down at Utah Valley this weekend. Yeah, it is a little unique in that you do have a loser's bracket, so to speak, and and you play for further placements. But again, that's part of, you know, volleyball is not as much a physically exacting sport, um, so you're able to play a bit more so like i said kind of like baseball yeah where there's a lot of skill in there but not super physically exacting so you can play a little bit more right it's not as taxing like uh a high aerobic uh type of uh, skill and play that you'd see in basketball or soccer where it really taxes the body and you need time to recover it's like you can't play two games in a row I remember one time when I was in, in high school, we, for some reason, played two basketball games in a row. And, I mean, when that young, I could, I could handle it, although by the end I had a sweatband and I was able to literally wring it out <laughs> with all the sweat. I'm sure all of you wanted to hear that. Uh, that would have been <laughs> delicious. Was, well, I started wringing it out on, like, on the court, and I was like, oh, shoot. There's so much sweat in this. <laughs> so I had to go over like the drinking fountain or like, a drain or something so I could actually not make a mess on the court um so uh, got, six, got a couple of texts came yeah. in uh six eight nine one this is a family show ha ha for whoever texted that in this is going back to the uh, pinning a tail on a donkey uh nine three one five would you rather call the full court press or text the show I think we've proven most people would prefer think to text the, answer the show. Text. <laughs> Way more texts. Uh, 5763, would you rather eat a popsicle outside while it's snowing or drink hot chocolate under the full sun in July? 
I'd rather eat a popsicle because hot chocolate is severely overrated. What? <laughs> Jason. Yeah, that's right. I said it. What is going on here? See, I think I would probably rather do the hot chocolate full sun in July only because I've got a little bit of experience with that. Not hot chocolate, but um, herbal tea. I was offered it all the time when I was living in Lithuania in the middle of summer when I was serving a mission. Um, it was, you'd come into somebody's house and they'd still offer you tea. It's like, you know, it's like high humidity and it's like super hot outside. Oh, like the, oh, here, have some tea. It's like the air is as thick as this tea. <laughs> so I got a little bit of experience with that, but uh, I be popsicle outside in the cold. I just, uh, I couldn't do that. And see, I'm... Like I like popsicles. I don't really seek them out that much. If you hand them to me, I'll eat it. And, you know, they're they're good. Especially if it's a creamsicle. I eat a creamsicle in the middle of a blizzard, man. <laughs> Things are good. <laughs> so Those it just depends great. on the type. Right? Yeah. Otter pops are still they're still really good though. Mm. Great. But five seven six three. These are good hard hitting. Would you rather questions? I I like that. They are. It's a change up. It's not a traditional sports question. Yeah. Well, to go. Uh, I've got a couple of kind of mediocre. I didn't come up with the greatest would you rather's with mine. So I'll put one of mine out as kind of a sports one. Um, and so the question basically is, would you rather lose the next three games? So Utah State football. They got four games left. Would you rather lose the next three? So it's, I think, New Mexico, Hawaii, San Jose State in order, and Boise State at the end of the season. <laughs> Sorry, I just saw don't. the text that came in, and it made me laugh. Don't, don't, don't get distracted. <laughs> <laughs> so would you rather Too lose late. the next three? Would you rather lose the next three and then beat Boise State or win the next three and lose to Boise Oh, wait a minute. Win the next three games and lose to Boise State. So basically in the first scenario, you lose the three games, beat Boise State. You miss a bowl game, but you did get to beat Boise State. Maybe play spoiler to maybe them being in the Mountain West Championship or something. Or the other one is... You make a bowl game, and I'll add in the caveat that you win those three games and you do not make the Mountain West Championship. It's just a bowl game. So you make the bowl game, but you still lose to Boise State. Which of those would you prefer? Uh, You know, that's a fair question because beating Boise in Boise has been extremely hard for Utah State over the past 20 years plus. It's just it's almost impossible. Basically ever since Boise State became a D1 team. Yeah. Uh, So that would be a nice feather in the cap to do that. But a bigger feather in the cap would be that this team found a way to get to become bowl eligible. I'd rather see this team go to a bowl game and continue the the run of going to the postseason because that means more to your program as a whole. It gives you more practice time with your players. It gives you more opportunity to develop younger players. You get to reward this team for what they had to overcome. Uh, And uh, I don't think you're going anywhere exotic. If this team becomes bowl eligible, you're probably headed to Albuquerque or Tucson. But it's uh, it's still an opportunity to go and and have more time with your players and have a rewarding opportunity to close out the season. So I'd rather go with a win three, lose your last one. Yeah, that that makes sense. I'd probably lean that way too, where a bowl game is a little bit better. You you do enjoy the the beating Boise State, but uh, it isn't probably as good as a bowl game. Although, fun fact about Arizona, despite the fact that I've lived most of my life in Utah, I've only been to Arizona like twice. 
Whereas I've been to Colorado several times, Nevada quite a bit, Idaho, even New Mexico. I've been to New Mexico more often than I've been to Arizona. Really? Especially, especially weird considering I used to go down to Monticello all the time, uh, way down in southern Utah, where my grandparents lived for the longest time. Well, I, I married into some family that has deep uh, Arizona roots, so I've I've made my yeah. So you've gone to I've made several trips down south. See, and one of the times I went to Arizona is because I had an aunt and uncle living there. And I think maybe I went there one other time, but it's been actually it's been a long time, probably maybe fifteen years or more since I've been to Arizona. All right, I think you need to read our next uh, <laughs> "Would You Rather" question that came in on our text line today from seven nine nine four. This is good. Well, I've actually read the back half of it, and it only made it funnier. <laughs> Anderson, that probably grossed people out when I said it, but so uh, 7994 texts in, would you rather wear Jason's drenched sweatband or drink in the drinking mm. fountain, drink in the drinking fountain after he'd rinsed it out? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like put the sweatband up to the drinking part, I just wringed it out in the drain. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. That's, thank you, 7994. <laughs> Seven nine nine four. Your punishment for sending that in is you now have to send in a text answering it. You have to pick one now, otherwise I won't read any of your texts for the rest of time. <laughs> uh, I think I would rather drink out of the drinking fountain. I think it would be safer. Probably. Just, <laughs> I could limit my contact. I wouldn't really care because I, I wouldn't really care that much because I wore the dang thing. So. <laughs> oh, that's good. Fun times. Fun times. Right. <laughs> 7994. That's good stuff. We're going to take a quick break because I have to recover from that. So we'll be back in a, in a few minutes after this. Want to set yourself apart from the competition? The Leadership MBA at Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or take an interactive online class. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before November 1st to be considered for a January start. Contact the MBA office for a waiver of the $55 application fee. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's utahstatemba.com. You can't beat fall in Utah. The weather is perfect for a getaway. Get out and drive a new Murdoch Hyundai with 1.9% for three years on Santa Fe, Kona, or Sonata. And every new Hyundai comes with America's best warranty, a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty, and owner's assurance. When you walk through our doors, you feel like family. At Murdoch Hyundai in Logan, Linden, and Murray, or online at MurdochHyundai.com. Call 866-628-3065 for dealer for complete details. Offer expires 11-122. Essie Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. We offer a large selection of personalized service and extraordinary benefits with our Integrity Price Guarantee. At Match Quality, you'll find our prices to be as low or lower than any store in the state. We consistently beat any 50 to 70% off sales, internet pricing, or so-called wholesale deals. In fact, we even price our diamonds at internet pricing. So you'll get Essie Needham quality at internet prices. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. Essie Needham Jewelers. Middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. 
Join us at Prodigy Brewing to celebrate Oktoberfest. Delicious specials going on now through the end of October. Come on down and enjoy brats and German potato salad served with our house-made sauerkraut and mustard, tankards, and house-brewed beer. You keep the tankard. Find us on Instagram for updates on new events throughout the month of October. Whether you're out with the family or friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cache Valley, located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. I'm Matt Neverett. We're joined on the Week 9 edition of This Week in the Mountain West by Colorado State Head Coach Jay Norvell to highlight what he called a character win against Hawaii last week. Fresno State play-by-play man Paul Leffler stops by, and we recap Week 8 and take a look ahead to the shortened Week 9 schedule around the Mountain West Conference. It's all this week here on the Mountain West Radio Network. Friday afternoon during the full court press on Sports Talk Radio 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. They never could play it, but they sure can talk about it. Eric Franson and Jason Walker on the Full Court Press. Mountain West Motors' selection of trucks and SUVs has been specially customized for your next next adventure. Whether it's hauling trailers, kids, roaming the mountains, Mountain West Motor has a unique selection of vehicles. Visit mwmotor.com or stop by 615 North Main Street in Logan. So welcome back to Full Court Press. Already in progress in Hour 2. Just Jason Walker this time. I have no opportunity to mess up Eric Franson's name because he has now left the building or may have almost left the building. He left during the break because he's going to go to the uh, Utah Jazz game that's happening tonight. Utah Jazz are facing the Houston Rockets. We'll talk uh, a little bit about that as we go through hour two. Uh, 7994, I told him his punishment for sending in a text about my uh, where, whether or not he'd wear my uh, sweaty headband or drink in the drinking fountain that I wrung it out in, uh, his response was he would wear it. Didn't say how long. And he said he'd wear it for one second. Just fair enough. Fair enough. So, (laughs) enough about sweaty headbands. Let's talk about the Utah Jazz. We'll stay with basketball instead of my basketball escapades of uh, 11th grade, which I think is what year that happened in. So the, the Jazz are taking on the Houston Rockets. So this is the the second time in a row, um, or second game in a row, they'll be playing the Rockets. They, that's their last time out was against the Rockets, where they lost. Which was confusing, but almost made sense. Like, like in my gut, it was like, yeah, this is, this is going to be the one where the Jazz lose. Because we weren't expecting them to beat any of the Nuggets, Timberwolves, or Pelicans. That was their first three games. Three playoff teams. Uh, or at least expected playoff teams. We'll we'll see exactly how things go. But these teams were expected to be not just playoff teams, but potentially home court advantage teams. You know, the Nuggets were probably going to be playing for a a top one or two seed, maybe with the with the Warriors. Now, uh, if the Nuggets finally got healthy, uh, the Timberwolves maybe they'd sneak into that four. You know, look at that four or five Pelicans. Probably not as much expected to maybe get home court. They were probably looking at maybe a five to six, but it was possible if they got everything together because they were a surprisingly good team that 
you know, toward the end of the year, snuck into the play and then uh, I believe made the playoffs. Um, but then they get Zion back, Zion Williamson. And if he's healthy, the, the forever what if of if Zion Williamson is healthy, then, you know, insert whatever crazy expectations you have. Um, so, I mean, those are the three teams that Utah beat, and two of them were on the road. But then uh, they lost to the Rockets. It was the back end of a back-to-back. So there is some understanding that they lost. Because first off, it was going to happen at some point anyway. But back end of a back-to-back, they have a few veterans and older guys who, may, who were key players that maybe were a bit gassed, and some of the younger guys just didn't step up. Lowry Markkinen didn't step up the way he normally does. He was averaging 24 points per game in the first three games, and I think he had like 14 in the loss to the Rockets. Trying to look it up. Yeah, 14 points. He was 7 of 19 from the field, 0 for 6 from 3. You know, he didn't step up. Uh, Jared Vanderbilt did all right, but he was still a minus 9. He's actually the only starter with a negative plus minus. Um, But other guys just not quite stepping it up. So we'll see if the Jazz are able to turn this around, I guess. Maybe advance to 4-1. and one. If you had told me the Jazz start 4-1, and one, I would have laughed at you. Because um, I, I thought this team was going to be a sub-30 win team. But I guess the one question is, like, if you want to text in your thoughts on this, you can text in 435-339-0321. Like, what would your thoughts be if the Jazz lost this game too? Because we've it'd almost be like whiplash, where we're expecting the Jazz to tank and then they win three games. It's like, you know, it's just kind of funny in some ways, where they're completely betraying our expectations, but then suddenly they just really quickly crash back down. Not like a gradual. Eventually, they get worn down by the rigors of the season, and eventually the true team comes out. You know, They start off with three straight wins and then back-to-back losses to what was a winless Rockets team. They were 0-3 coming into the last game. So that, I, don't, I don't know what I would be able to do with that because then you're trying to figure out, like, well, which is the real team? Well, the real Jazz, please stand up. Are they the, the playoff team? You know, looking like a playoff team? Or is it the team that lost twice to the Rockets and is looking like a you know, mid-to-high lottery team? And kind of speaking of that, you know, we're on a would-you-rather Wednesday. And we've done a bunch of would-you-rathers, some of them rather comical, some of them sports-related, some of them not-so-sports-related. You know, my, my would-you-rather for this season, and this is a debate we've kind of had, or at least a topic we've kind of had, you know, because people don't always like to root for losing teams. They like to have a team that they have some confidence will at least have a chance to win every game. Even if they don't, they'll at least kind of have a decent expectation that there's a chance they can win. Like, they're not going into a game where it's like, oh, we have like a 10% chance to win this game. Or you go into ESPN's, you know, in a matchup predictor, and every time they go in, it says 10%. They'd rather have a team where it's like, oh, 50% or 40%. Maybe they get overwhelmed by a contender, but against lesser teams, then they are expected to win. You know, They'd prefer to, to root for maybe a mediocre team that can win versus a bad team 
that only wins on lucky nights. So yes, kind of on that, my, my would you rather is like, would you rather this season the Jazz be kind of like what they were in those first three games and they surprise their way to being a play-in team? Let's say they get like eight or nine. And we'll even say that they win their play-in games, play-in game or play-in games that gets them to the seven or eight seed. They'd obviously lose in the upcoming playoff series, but, you know, you get some kind of playoff action. And overall, it'd probably be somewhat of a fun season. Ragtag group of guys greatly overachieving. You know, we've talked about on, you know, this show, and even there's a lot of stuff on social media where people are talking about how fun this jazz team is. And some of that is just an overreaction to the perceptions that built up around, you know, kind of the previous regime, if you want to call it that, the, the previous team, where by the end it was like it was feeling ugly, wasn't as fun to watch. And we kind of forget that the year the Jazz ended up being the number one seed, that was probably the funnest season I've ever been a part of. And mind you, I'm not old enough to have experienced the, the finals runs. Was alive technically, but I wasn't really experiencing them. So for me, that was that uh, you know, a couple years ago when they were the one seed. That was the funnest season I've ever been a part of. It's a magical ride, and it ended disappointingly, but it was so much fun. And people are talking about this team the way we talked about that uh, that previous team, the the number one seed team. Where it's fun. It's exciting. And this season it's probably not going to be as much winning. But people feel like it's fun. They love watching this style of basketball. But would you rather have this where it's fun but ultimately pointless. In terms of you know the goal of winning a championship. But maybe that's not your entire goal as a fan. And there's a lot of people I know like that. You know, a lot of the people I know that are advocating for tanks, I know them through social media. I don't necessarily know them in person. A lot of the fans I know in person, they want to watch a winning team. And this team, you know, this current Jazz team, if this overachieving has some real substance to it, they'll be a around 500 team. You know, again, maybe it's just kind of a flash in the pan, and that's what I think it is. I think it's a bit of a flash in the pan. But we'll see. Maybe there is real substance to it. And if there is, it's a team that could go to the play-in. But if your goal is to win a championship, that would be a waste. This is like the best draft class we've seen like ever. Like basically since, what was it, 2003, 2004, the one that had like LeBron and, and D-Wade and all that. You know, where there's like a bunch of Hall of Famers in the top five. Um, I don't know if, I can't remember if LeBron and D-Wade are actually in the same uh draft class. I may be mixing draft classes together, but um so that that is kind of the the I guess I, I forgot to mention the other part of this would you rather where basically the the scenario was would you rather get to the play in, get the playoffs um and lose or would you rather have I'm just going to say the fifth pick in the draft. Not like the fifth best odds, just the fifth pick. That's where the lottery ends up. You end up with number 5. So that's kind of my, like, you know, if it's 
you know, getting into the playoffs or getting the number one pick, I think a lot of people would actually pick the number one pick. They'd want they want Victor Wembanyama or again, however you say his name. I haven't brushed up on my French lately. Like I think a lot of people would pick that. But let's say you get you know a solid prospect. There's going to be some solid prospects at three, four, and five. Um, but would you rather have a solid, good prospect every now and again? You know, Hall of Famers come out of that fifth pick or around the fifth pick. So would you rather have a kind of fun season, have fun watching this team, they take their lumps, but they play some fun basketball, or would you rather advance, potentially advance the rebuild with a number five pick, maybe four or five or six? So it's kind of an interesting would you rather. I thought it was kind of interesting. I know talking about tanks and, and uh, you know pushing for the play-in could be a tricky discussion because, again, people have – different mindsets for what they want to see out of their team. A couple of texts rolling in. If you want to text into the show, uh, 435-339-0321. Um, uh, he texts in. He says, uh, I would love us to play like the first three games. It's fun, and maybe we could flip some of these guys uh, for more than they're worth in trades. Um. And that is kind of something where with the Jazz overachieving, you think maybe the trade value goes up on these guys. And there's kind of actually two ways because there's the one where you say, all right, up their trade value and then flip them later. You know, Larry Markkinen's certainly upping his trade value. He was just a piece in the Donovan Mitchell trade. He could become the focal point of a trade, you know, potentially, where maybe you get a first-round pick. Or, so, or you maybe combine him with something else and you get a first-round pick. That's a possibility. You can get you know a, a fringe contender is looking for a score. Maybe they don't have a, a good stretch four. And they bring in Larry Markkinen. That's a possibility. And, you know, could go down the line and talk about every single one of these potential players. You know, a Vanderbilt or, you know, such and such player raising their trade value, you flip them. The Conleys, the Clarksons. All that. But the other possibility, I think we brought this up uh, either yesterday or a couple days ago, where, you know, what if this team turns out to be really good? The other way you could go with this is, well, we have a bunch of draft assets with the Jazz do. Flip those for a star. Be on the other end of a trade for a superstar. Find somebody who's, you know, you know, in a few years, you know, maybe there's a discontented player out of the, one of the last two drafts, this draft, the next draft, or whatever. Maybe they're trying to push their way out, and the Jazz end up flipping all those 2027, 2029 picks, saying, all right, here's all these picks. We want your star. And maybe by then you've built up an almost championship team. You know, those those teams like the Raptors. And, you know, you know the Raptors bring in Kawhi Leonard, win a championship. Um, the Heat are like, they're, they keep trying. They're on that fringe, and they keep trying to add that next player. Um, and the Bucks were kind of that way, too, although they didn't trade for the star. They traded for the role players, where, you know, a trade pushed them over the edge to a title. So... We'll see, you know, and I guess also the Phoenix Suns, they were close. 
Um, and even the Lakers, they traded for a star in uh, Anthony Davis. Of course, they also signed LeBron James. They traded for Anthony Davis. That pushed them to a title. The Suns traded for Chris Paul. So there, there's, a, there's a world in which the Jazz, and, and we had James Hansen on from SLC Dunk. He basically made this argument. Um, it, in, it kind of enlightened me to that. I hadn't really thought of this possibility before Monday where that there's a world in which the Jazz end up on the other side of a trade for a star. And it, it, it can certainly be interesting if, if, you know, Will Hardy turns out to be a really great coach and he's able to push these players and make the team greater than the sum of its parts, then you try and capitalize on that. Because otherwise, and I've mentioned this before, we're rebuilding with a coach very rarely goes well for the coach because they end up getting fired because the teams are terrible, and then you bring on the next coach, and that next coach, you know, reaps all the spoils of the rebuild, and goes on. You know, Steve Kerr did this with the Warriors. Now you can argue whether or not Mark Jackson really was right as a head coach, but you know, Steve Kerr jumped on the on the Warriors at the perfectly right time, and he he is the right coach for them, obviously. But he reaped the rewards of rebuilds done before him. There's other coaches that that have done the same. So if you think Will Hardy is the right coach, maybe don't waste him on bad seasons where then you get pushed to fire him. Um, another text coming through, uh, 5477, says, Make no mistake, Danny Ainge is going to make sure we are a bad team this year. We are just building trade value for a couple players right now. We will tank. You know, I kind of want to think that. That that's a storyline that's been coming through, or at least a a through line on social media is that Danny Ainge is gonna um sabotage this hot start. But like how can you justify that PR wise? It is kind of interesting because the, the NBA and the NBA came down hard on the 76ers for this kind of thing, where they had the rookie of the year in Michael Carter Williams and some other, you know, hot young prospects, at least hot at the time. And they traded him away. It's like, we want to be bad. And they kept trading him away. Eventually get two number one overall picks in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And the NBA came down on that kind of deliberate sabotaging your own team because there's the strategic tanking that everybody does where they trade away their veterans, bring in all the, you know, trade away the stars, bring in the remnants, form a team out of it, play the season, get the draft picks, go from there. Jazz already did that in 2014. You know, they well, they didn't really trade away. They just let Al Jefferson and Paul Millsap walk. They had some young talent. They just let them play. You know, Derek Favors, Ennis Cantor, Alec Burks, Gordon Hayward. Uh, they brought in Trey Burke in that year's draft. They just let it play. That kind of strategic tanking where you're not trying to lose, but you're certainly not trying to win. The 76ers went a step further than that. And they were, like, actively trying to lose with almost deliberately bad team management. And the NBA cracked down hard. Because there's one thing Adam Silver will not tolerate in his NBA is tanking. He's tolerated a heck of a lot else. But he will not tolerate tanking. And it is a, there's almost discussion on whether or not his efforts to you know, curb tanking are even effective. But if Danny Ainge like deliberately sabotages the Jazz playing well 
it may not end up well for the Jazz because then the NBA could put pressure on the Jazz to get rid of Ainge or different things like that. So the Jazz have to be smart about this. And if Ainge is really going to try and sabotage the tank or sabotage the hot start in favor of just blatantly tanking, it could end up with some fines for the Jazz or it could even cost him his job if the NBA puts up enough pressure on. But uh, we're going to take another break here. Uh, We'll come back. Talk a little bit about the uh, the NFL. Like, actually, excuse me, we're gonna get to the NFL a little later. There's actually one other thing I want to talk about because it relates to the Jazz. So we're gonna get to that first and then go to the NFL. But it's like, who is an underrated player for this? You know, Utah's hot start. I have one idea. If you want to text in who you think maybe an underrated player for this hot start for Utah is, go ahead and text in four three five three three nine zero three two one. You know, there's several candidates. I have one, a guy that I think is underrated and is certainly living up to and even exceeding my own expectations for him. But we'll get to that coming up after this. Your first and goal at the 10-yard line with seconds left on the clock. Your running back is poised for the game-winning touchdown, but before you can make the snap, the opposing team just takes the ball and locks it in a safe, and they won't give you the combination unless you pay them $10,000. That's exactly how ransomware works. And in 2021, two out of every three organizations fell victim to ransomware attacks. Protect your business with Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Holiday parties and events at the Riverwoods Conference Center offer a festive and fun holiday atmosphere. Paired with catering from the Elements Restaurant, your special occasion can include tasty hors d'oeuvres, delicious entrees, and decadent desserts that always deliver excellence. Now accepting reservations for the 2022 holiday season, the Riverwoods Conference Center and Elements Restaurant can accommodate you whether your event is large or small. Visit theriverwoods.com or call 750-5151. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cache Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to cachevalleyent.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. For over 20 years, Aegis Home Health and Hospice has been providing health care to Cash, Box Elder, and Rich Counties. Whatever or wherever your health care needs, Aegis' goal is to meet those needs. Aegis Home Health and Hospice core values are character, experience, and trust. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, striving to provide the health care services you need. Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myagis.com. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs, with competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think Young, drive Young. 
Turning my pain into purpose is pretty much what I have done to start this foundation. In August 2020, after the death of George Floyd, Bridget Floyd and other family members established the George Floyd Memorial Foundation in support of the black community. It's going to take more than just us as a foundation. It's going to take the community, the world, to make a change. Fight for racial justice for the black community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Welcome back, Full Court Press, middle of hour two. Jason Walker here with you. Eric Franson has gone off to go watch the Utah Jazz. This is his second Jazz game he's gone to, at least that I'm aware of. He told me he went to the season opener. He had to dip out of one of the shows earlier uh, last week when the Jazz defeated the Denver Nuggets. So uh, as of now, the Jazz are undefeated. When Eric Franson is in attendance at a jazz game. So we'll, we'll see if that streak continues. Maybe they'll advance to 2-0 and we'll just keep sending Eric to jazz games. Just not let him do the show. Just always do, always go to the jazz games. Go, uh, go 81-1. and Since we missed the opportunity to have his good luck at, uh, at Houston. So they said the jazz, they faced the Houston Rockets. Uh, a couple days ago on the road and they're fa- and the Jazz are now hosting the Rockets just a couple days later. They're hosting them tonight at a Vivint Arena or whatever they're calling it. Uh, Vivint Smart Home, Vivint Arena, Delta Center, Energy Solutions, what, whatever it's called these days. That'll be taking place later tonight. And so the Jazz on that 3-1 and one start and I had a thought earlier today about, you know, a player that's underrated. You know, when you have a team like this that overachieves and goes 3-0, and it means pretty much everybody's playing good. That's kind of what's necessary. You know, when the Jazz lost to the Rockets, you know, maybe a couple of veterans were a little gassed, and then you needed other players to step up, and they didn't. So when you don't have the whole team playing well, you end up losing to a bad team. So that that's what happens. Um, so obviously the, the highlights of this hot start, you have Lowry Marketing, both me and Eric were trying to give him player of the week uh, yesterday in our, our uh, you know weekly player of the week, uh, unofficial player of the week giving, giveaway. Um, we, we were both picking Lowry Marketing. Somebody texted in saying Lowry Marketing for player of the week. So... He's obviously been one of the headliners. Was averaging 24 points, as I said, through the first three games. That's now down to 21.5, but still 21.5 points. 8.8 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal per game. Playing very well. You also highlight Mike Conley, who's averaging, he's actually averaging under 10 points per game, but he's averaging 8.5 assists. Uh, Jordan Clarkson averaging 18.5 points, a little over 5 assists. You know, Kelly Olynyk averaging 15.5 points. Um, actually, a little under four rebounds. He's not been the, the greatest rebounder. But Jared Vanderbilt, dang near averaging a double-double at 9.8 points and 10.3 rebounds. 
also averaging two and a half steals, two assists. So a lot of different players stepping up. There's one player who I think has been underrated. I'm not saying the Jazz are winning because of this player, but he's getting overshadowed in terms of, you know, he's a young prospect who could have a future with this Jazz team, and the way he's playing now, he could very well have a big future with this team. And that's Walker Kessler, who has a last name for a first name, I should know. Uh, so, you know, only he's only 6.3 points. You know, in 18 minutes, he's averaging 6.3 points, 6.3 rebounds, dang near two blocks a game. You know, and that's as a rookie. That's what he's doing as a rookie. In his first, you know, four games of his professional career, that's what he's doing. And you look at some advanced stats, I've kind of defaulted to using uh, NBA Math's total points added. It seems to be one of the few that's, Usually they wait for sample size to do some of these catch-all, like Raptor is probably my go-to catch-all metric. Um, But, you know, total points added. You look at Walker Kessler. When you look at among rookies who've played at least 50 minutes this season, so basically rookies who are actually kind of in the rotation. It comes out to like 20-ish rookies. You look at those players. He's second in just total points added in general. So he's basically, according to that advanced stat, the second-best rookie. I probably should have written down who is first. I forgot to write that down, actually. But he's first in defensive points saved, and that's where it's it's really big for him is because he's, uh, I think, among all centers in this defensive points saved metric, um, for those who don't know, the, the total points added, it's got the two parts. It's got the points added on offense and then points saved on defense. That's kind of how it... You know, add, and then it adds those two numbers together to get a total points added number. And so Walker Kessler, among all centers, he's sixth in defensive points saved. And going back to those rookies, he's one of just a couple rookies to have a positive defensive points saved value because for a lot of players, they'll have a negative. And actually, Walker Kessler has a negative offensive points added. He's not been... The, the uh, analytics haven't liked his offensive contributions, but defensively, he's been great. You know, he came in as a guy who could be a rim protector, and he's doing that already. Like I said, nearly two blocks a game in 18 minutes. I mean, Rudy Gobert was averaging like two and a half blocks, and he was playing like 30 minutes a game, like twice as much. I'm trying to look at the per 30 minute, yeah, per 30 minute, ter- per 36 minutes. So, you know, close to where Rudy Gobert was playing. Kessler's averaging three and a half blocks per 36 minutes. And again, it's a small sample size. You don't want to pay too much attention to these numbers, but, you know, Walker Kessler is getting kind of overshadowed by what has been, you know, a positive narrative for a lot of guys. He's not been completely forgotten. There are people who are noting his contribution. But I wanted to be another. I wanted to point out that Walker Kessler is playing really well. I'm not going to advocate for him to start. That's not what the point of this is. Because I really think Kelly Olynyk is, he's the right man for this role. But what you know, Walker Kessler is doing right now is he's setting himself up to be the center of the future. Kelly, Kelly Olynyk's going to come in here. 
He's going to be a big part of this, you know, effective five-out offense. You know, with him and and Markkinen in the front court, having Mike Conley and Jordan Clarkson run the back court. You know, and having Jared Vanderbilt in there as you know a, you know, do everything utility guy, rebound, play defense, get a few dump off passes and dunks. You know, you know Kelly Olynyk is the right player to fit into that that lineup. He works really well right now, so th- there's no need to advocate for Kessler to start or to get tons more minutes. I just wanted to point out that he's having a pretty good uh, pretty good season so far. So we're gonna take another break, and we are gonna get a little bit to the NFL. Some surprises as we're you know approaching the middle of the season. You know what things have you guys seen? If you want to text in your observations uh, about the NFL season, four three five three three nine zero three two one. Let's talk a little bit about some of the the observations we're having. What I've seen, maybe what you guys have seen. We'll have that coming up after this. Want to set yourself apart from the competition? The Leadership MBA at Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or take an interactive online class. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before November 1st to be considered for a January start. Contact the MBA office for a waiver of the $55 application fee. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's utahstatemba.com. Hi, this is Tyler. Recently, my father passed away, and White Pine provided the funeral services for our family. They were friendly, thoughtful, and attentive to every detail. You know, it isn't often that a loved one passes away, so it was very important to my family that everything be handled just right. Because my dad was loved by so many people, we had a lot of family and friends that traveled from out of town. I really appreciate how White Pine Funeral Services made sure everyone was comfortable and that the focus was where it needed to be, on my dad and my family. They really took care of us during this tender time. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Nova, Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available. And now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns cash valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI. And online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. Clean it up and get it out before the snow flies. Don't wait another winter. Let DD Auto and Salvage pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it so easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles by paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. If you have metal, DD Auto and Salvage and Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787 1204. That's 787 1204 today. See store for details. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business, and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. 
Brought to you by the Ad Council. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Full Court Press, Jason Walker, Sands, Eric Franson. Final segment of this show. Thank you so much for joining me and Eric when he was here. Uh, Eric is off to go watch the Utah Jazz game tonight. The Jazz taking on the uh, Houston Rockets. We'll have that Jazz game broadcast here on 106.9 The Fan. Uh, David Locke on the call, so you can hang around on the uh, on the radio station. I believe the Got to check what time it tips off. <laughs> Got to check it real quick. Yeah, 7, so about an hour from now. Uh, pre-game will start a little less than an hour from now. And then the game is set to tip off, allegedly, at 7. It'll probably tip off closer to 7.15, so make your plans accordingly. Um, speaking of the Jazz, we're going to move on to some NFL talk to close out the show. Um, or maybe I'll just stick with this push the NFL to later. Um, so I ran across this on Twitter, which coincidentally enough is a great way to start a radio segment. I saw this on Twitter just now. <laughs> um, there's odds that are out. They've, they've probably been out for a little while, but there's odds from one of like a million uh, different uh uh, sportsbook. I think this is Bookies, probably Bookies.com or something like that. Their handle is at Bookies. Yeah, Bookies.com. So we'll give them credit for these odds. It says, uh, what roster will Russell Westbrook be on after the trade deadline? So the top odds are the Lakers, the team that he's currently on. I, and honestly, I'd probably put my money on that if I were a betting man. But the Jazz are second on that list. So the Lakers are in... I'm not into gambling, so I don't always understand these numbers or exactly what the implied odds are. But the Lakers are plus 150, and the Jazz are plus 350. Pacers are plus 75, Spurs are plus 750, the Magic are plus 1,000, and there's a category for just the field. Uh, and that's actually plus 500. So technically the, the fourth best odds are just any team. But the Jazz are considered one of the top teams to potentially land Russell Westbrook. And we've had this discussion on this show before where it's like, what do you do if the Jazz trade for Russell Westbrook? Because he's not well-liked around here. And I don't think Westbrook likes Utah either. I think the feeling is mutual between the Jazz fan base and Westbrook. Of course, for me, the kind of obvious answer is that the Jazz Jazz front office would welcome Westbrook in along with a first-round pick. Uh, and then they'd immediately send Russell Westbrook packing by cutting him or buying him out or whatever. Um, I I would labor no delusions of the Jazz actually trying to play Russell Westbrook because they understand how the fans feel about him. They understand, you know, what it's like, and they're not trying to deliberately antagonize themselves against this fan base. You know, they've already done that with the jerseys. 
they've already made fools of themselves with the jerseys, which thankfully that's calmed down. And I think we're all kind of getting used to the jerseys, and so we're not going to put up a stink about it. At this point, we just kind of make jokes and like, aha, that's kind of funny. Because that's what I still do, at least. It's just kind of a joke now where every single Jazz tweet has, purple is back. It's become a meme. But Russell Westbrook, the Jazz may very well trade for Russell Westbrook, but I actually wouldn't put odds on Russell Westbrook being on the Jazz roster after the trade deadline. 